September 26th and 27th is the third annual Manitoba Podcast Festival. This year's event takes place exclusively online, and you can participate for free. Visit the Manitoba Podcast Festival on social media for more information as we get closer to the date. Please be advised that I am not a professional in any field that matters when it comes to what I discuss. Always be skeptical and look into things on your own. I never just believe something I hear on a podcast, and you shouldn't either. Also, I swear, not all the time, but when I get excited or passionate, the cusses do come out. So, listener discretion is advised. Thank you for listening to Living Through Extinction. I'm Ruby Palmer, and this is episode 21. situation here in Hawaii earlier this evening. The uh, civil defense calling for an evacuation of all low-lying areas because of a tsunami threat. The sky turns black as giant tornadoes touch down. From Nebraska to Texas, apocalyptic scenes as twisters tear through the southern Hi. I hope everyone listening is well. I'm doing pretty good despite the fact that it suddenly feels a whole lot like winter right now. I've joined a local podcast community, and it is made up of truly wonderful people with great shows. If you have a show, I highly recommend finding a community in your area. It's really nice to be in a group of podcasters who live in the same city as I do, or at least nearby. If you are listening to this, you probably enjoy podcasts. But have you ever considered starting one of your own? Or have you recently started and find yourself overwhelmed at how much there is to learn? Well, Manitoba Podcast Festival 2020 is free and online this year. Can't get much better than that. Attend the information sessions from the comfort of your couch or bed. I'm not judging. Are your questions about promotion? Are they about equipment? Do you need the basics on just getting started? It probably doesn't matter what kind of podcast questions you have. I bet there's a panel that will be able to answer them for you at the Manitoba Podcast Festival 2020. Again, online and free. So mark off September 26th and 27th on your calendar and go register for all the panels right now or maybe after listening to this episode. Another thing I would like to put out there is my need for sound. I am partial to music clips, but I'm open to other sounds as well. I have found two clips that I love so far, but I really want a different sound to begin each segment with. One for environment, one for wildlife, one for skepticism, one for the main, and one for the happy segment. So I still need to come up with three more. I wonder if anyone out there would be interested in submitting two to three second sound bites that I may use to begin some of these segments. Of course, I'm not looking for any licensed clips. Record some sound or bit of music you do yourself. If you submit something I choose to make a permanent part of the show, I would be your friend forever and would credit you on every episode. Content warning. If you get butthurt from basic facts and you can't handle someone you like being fact-checked, you may as well unfollow me now. And you probably, definitely do not want to hear what I'm about to talk about. Note, this is a skeptical segment, not a political segment. But of course politics comes into play in skepticism. It takes skeptical inquiry to determine when politicians make blatantly untrue claims. I was lazy. So this combined political skeptical segment, I will be using things said by Donald Trump as examples. This isn't bias, as I am happy to highlight claims of anyone. It's just so fucking easy with Trump, because every time he talks, he just spouts whatever comes into his brain or whatever he saw in the latest conspiracy blog he read. And the fact that he says stuff like, I spoke with the highest up person in such and such. Notice he doesn't name people unless he is talking about someone he doesn't like. 
All of these really, really smart people who are the highest in their fields that he says he talks to don't have names because these things didn't happen. He just spouts whatever he knows will rile up his base. And that's all it is. So yes, I admit my laziness in using him for my first skepticism in politics segment. And because I know how sensitive Trump supporters are to any fact-checking of their beloved, I address you now. If you send me the claims made by any politician that can be used as examples for skeptical analysis, I will do that politician next. I can't do all of them, obviously, so pick your worst, send me the name and the claims that were made, and I will do a skeptical segment on the first few I receive emails about. You can send those to livingthroughextinction at gmail.com. All right, skepticism in politics. Here we go. I'm going to start in October 2018 with a couple of statements made at a campaign rally and quoting Trump directly here. The Democrat health care plan would obliterate Medicare. All right, at this time in 2018, this proposed health care plan that he was talking about at the time was strictly about adding to the existing Medicare coverage and expanding coverage for Americans. If one bothers to look at the plans he shoots down, they will more often than not find that the claims he makes are never a part of the plans at all. Often it's the complete opposite. He just lies, as do many politicians. I personally do not want to hear people I vote for trash their opponents. I want to know what they stand for and what they are bringing to the table. But if someone does start to put out negative media about their opponent, then it's my responsibility to look into that statement and find out if any of it is even true before I share it with everyone I know and before I base my vote on the statement. On the same night, he went on to say, We've created half a million new manufacturing jobs. In fact, now the number is almost 600,000, and that's since our election. So... What were the actual numbers at this time? Manufacturing jobs did go up, but by 378,000 under Trump and by 408,000 since the November 2016 election. One can't even claim this to be a matter of rounding. Come on! That's some serious, purposeful exaggerating. When a politician gives you numbers, look and see if they are giving you the actual numbers rounding up and down, or just outright lying completely. So that's two outright lies from just one night, and if you were to look into it, there were several false statements made at the October 24th rally. I just don't want to be here in my closet under the stairs all night. Skipping forward to 2019, at the National Republican Congressional Committee event in April, he suggested that the sound made by wind turbines causes cancer. I have nothing to say about this ridiculous claim. If you buy into that, you are part of the problem with today's society. On August 17th of this year, he said in a campaign speech that he enacted travel restrictions way ahead of anybody else. Uh, yeah. Except 36 countries actually beat him to it. Again, serious, purposeful exaggerating. And easy to look into. Find the date when he enacted it, and then look into the dates of all the other countries and when they did. Simple. But the thing is, his base doesn't actually care if anything he says is true. So why should he really? On August 19th, in a press briefing, he said, Don't forget, until the China virus came in, we had the greatest economy in the history of the world. 
yeah, no. This is just simply and absolutely not true. Many people in the U.S. are deluded into thinking they have the best in the world of everything, but if you have any knowledge of other civilized nations, you can't help but know that they are so very, very wrong. It just takes a bit of exposure to the world to realize that we in North America actually have a long way to go. Most recently, well, by the time you listen to this, I'm sure there will be more, but most recently for me right now, Trump made a convention speech. BBC.com did a nice summary of many of the falsities from this night, so if you are a skeptic who wants all of it, go there and read the details of all the unto claims from that night for yourself. I will summarize a few of them here. The first two I'll mention from this speech were lies told about his prime rival at this time, Joe Biden. Quote, If you give power to Joe Biden, the radical left will defund police departments all across America. Again, just not true. Biden has never supported defunding police. There's literally nothing anywhere that points to that other than Republicans just saying it. In fact, Biden has repeatedly said he would put more money to police departments because he believes it will take more resources in order to implement reforms. He would also provide another $300 million to reinvigorate community policing. The next lie about Joe Biden, quote, Joe Biden has pledged a $4 million tax hike on almost all American families. Again, just not true. Biden's plan to obtain an additional $4 million in taxes is to raise taxes for the wealthiest Americans only. He has been clear that he only wants to raise taxes for those who make more than $400,000 per year. As I said earlier, if a politician trashes their opponents, it's up to us to confirm if what they are saying is even true. I have no respect for politicians who do that, though. I repeat. Tell me what you stand for and what you are bringing to the table, not what you hate about someone else. Another brief comment in his speech that requires a large explanation. He said, We have already built 300 miles of border wall. <sighs> All right, 275 miles of the wall have been completed along the 2,000-mile-long border, according to the latest U.S. Customs and Border Protection report. Okay, so he rounded up. Are we skeptics being nitpicky here? What about the fact that 245 miles of this was already blocked by barriers? Yes, 245 miles of the 275 miles that have been completed were replacing existing structures that were already there. So in reality, only 30 miles of actual new barrier between the countries has been erected since 2017. Oh, and flashing back several years to another bunch of bullshit comments. Do y'all remember when he said Mexico would pay for it? Oh my gosh. The Trumpers who were hollering in all caps online that Mexico would pay for the wall one way or another. It doesn't even take a skeptic to realize that if you tax goods coming into the U.S., then that increases the cost to the seller. So they raise their prices. The seller is not the one to eat this increase. The end buyer, likely the U.S. citizen if it is coming into the U.S., is the one paying more for their product in the end. Did you hear him lauding that there have been 9 million people added to the U.S. payroll? <laughs> he also claimed the U.S. economy was recovering much faster than other Western nations from the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. So, it's true 9 million people were added to the U.S. payroll since April of this year, <laughs> okay? But what about the loss of 22 million the month before in March? 
There was absolutely no mention of that from this administration because, guess what? Though the gain was much smaller than the loss by only mentioning the gain, naive people think that it's only gone up. And there are a lot of naive people who vote. Too fucking many, if you ask me. The teeniest, tiniest bit of skeptical inquiry will lead you to the truth of this information. You have to actually care about what's true first in order to make the effort, though. One of the most laughable comments from the convention speech was, We will always and very strongly protect patients with pre-existing conditions, and that is a pledge from the entire Republican Party. Well, I believe actions speak more than words, and their actions do not match these words. You see, the ability for companies to charge more to people with pre-existing conditions was taken away with the implementation of the Affordable Care Act put into effect by Obama. Despite having nothing to replace it with, Trump and the Republican Party are actively trying to end this. In June of this year, this administration asked the U.S. Supreme Court to permanently end the Affordable Care Act which is currently the only protection for people with pre-existing conditions in the U.S. If they were really strongly protecting patients with pre-existing conditions, there is no way they would be trying to have the current protections abolished before having something to replace it with. The Republican Party is very strongly trying to make it worse for people with pre-existing conditions while saying they are protecting them. What the Fuck! Remember, this isn't just Trump, and it isn't just the party he leads right now. I was just lazy, and he was the easiest to use as my first example. Many, many politicians on all sides do not care about truth. When election time is upon you, examine the claims being made by your choices. Are the promises they are making even logically possible? Do their claims make basic sense? Is the negative material they put out about other parties even slightly true? All politicians need to be scrutinized in this way. As much as I love and respect my elders, too many of them have the always have and always will attitude. I've always voted liberal and I always will. I have always voted conservative and I always will. I love and respect them, but I do not respect that attitude in any way. It doesn't take truth or reality into consideration at all. Parties change. Party values even change over decades. I know people in my own family who live like liberals and when questioned about their world beliefs are in every way like liberals, yet who vote against their own beliefs and choose conservatives every time. I also know people in my own family who believe with all their heart that the liberals are doing a terrible job, yet they still vote liberal every time. These mentalities will never bring on positive change. Fuck parties. Fuck being one of those always have and always will people. Look at the platforms and fact check their claims and promises. Stop voting along party lines when that party may not support your beliefs anymore. There's no shame in changing one's mind if it is done because that person reviewed the facts and came to the conclusion that they had been wrong. I am proud to point out areas where my mind has been changed. It's a part of skepticism and fuck, I wish more people would be skeptical, damn it! We may have discovered something we can do to help clean some of our polluted waterways. 
Back in 2008, scientists hypothesized that years of damming had transformed U.S. rivers from marshy streams with low banks that are useful for filtering water to the polluted rivers of today. In 2011, a project to remove sediment from the banks of a small Pennsylvania stream showed great success in reversing the damage we caused. More than 22,000 tons of sediment was removed, and it has transformed the steep river into a gently sloping system that is almost unrecognizable today, with wetland areas emerging and native plants and animals flourishing. It's wonderful when we discover ways to bring habitats back. One of the things that this pandemic has thrown way up in the air are many of our attempts to curb plastic pollution. More personal protective equipment is being manufactured, and we need that, but people suck. Masks and gloves have become a massive issue that wasn't there before all this. These items were previously used mainly in hospitals, but now, now everyday selfish littering assholes are using them and they are ending up in waterways in massive, never-before-seen quantities. Worldwide, the consumption of gloves alone is estimated to jump to 330 billion pieces this year. Communities across the U.S. have reported seeing massive increases in litter of both gloves and masks. And businesses are reverting to try to decrease the spread of germs. Many places in the U.K. have begun to waive their plastic bag fees, and the bans on straws, stirs, and cotton bud sticks that were coming had to be postponed. Plastic is still a problem. We still need to do what we can to curb its use. We can't throw away all of the progress we've been making because of the pandemic. I mean, obviously we can, but doing so is bad. Judith Inc., former EPA official who founded the organization Beyond Plastics at Bennington College, said, quote, Scientists tell us that unless we change the way we use plastic within the decade, for every three pounds of fish in the ocean, there will be one pound of plastic. Those numbers are fucking scary. The pandemic makes things harder, but we can't just stop doing the right thing because it's more inconvenient now. And you can buy reusable, washable masks. And if you insist on disposable, throw them in the fucking garbage. There is no need for all of these masks in parking lots that I've been personally seeing. Stop using the damn pandemic as an excuse to not do the right thing. I read a short but really cool story from archaeology.com. This happened in Norway. A family found a fucking Viking grave while renovating their house. Can you imagine? When the floorboards of the house were removed, a series of stones and other objects were seen below. Thankfully, the family contacted archaeologists who say the items are likely part of a Viking burial from the 9th century. An axe head, iron implements, and a glass bead were all uncovered. Holy shit, I'd be so blown away. What the article at archaeology.com did not cover was anything about what the family had to go through as a result of the discovery. Yes, I would like to think that I would do the right thing, even if it inconvenienced me for a while, but I think that it would at least be a part of the story. How long did renovations have to be put off so the site could be investigated? Was the family living there at the time? Were they able to continue living there during the time that the archaeologists were working? I want to know these things, darn it! I do not think I'm a bad one when it comes to makeup, but I do have some and I do wear it sporadically. Of course, 
I do use many daily beauty products such as shampoos and soaps and sometimes toners and moisturizers. I'd rather just color my hair and find a lipstick and eyeliner to match than do anything else makeup-wise. Probably my obsession with never having enough time to do everything I want to do has something to do with it. Why spend an extra five minutes putting makeup on in the morning when I can be working on something else or playing with the bunny in that five minutes? It feels like a waste of time. But many people of all genders love their makeup and I know I have friends with massive collections of creams, colors, and sparkles for the face. What are the problems that may be associated with the world's beauty product consumption? Let's dive in. One thing that seems obvious is that most of us who wear makeup have to remove it at some point. We tend to either do this at a sink with gentle soap and water or we use makeup wipes and there are problems with both of these scenarios. The first option of washing our face at the sink means the product is washing away down the sink and into our lakes, rivers and public water systems. As a result of this, long-term buildup is damaging wildlife and flora and fauna. And I'm sorry, but the second option isn't really any better. Cotton and wool and regular cosmetic wipes that are normally used for cleansing and or applying are not recyclable or flushable for that matter. Don't flush your face wipes, man. Moving on to the makeup itself and its ingredients. Water. We have massive amounts of water usage as water is the most used ingredient in the industry. One of the worst for the environment is palm oil. Here's a stat that sucks. Up to 300 football fields of forests are being cleared to make room for palm plantations every hour. Yeah, I said hour. This is unfortunately occurring in Indonesia, where the forests store more carbon per hectare than many other ecosystems in the world. Do you only buy products that advertise natural ingredients? Stick to your small, handmade shops. They are most likely to be doing things in a sustainable way. It has been shown that the larger companies source these natural ingredients as quickly and cheaply as possible, involving the use of pesticides and unsustainable production. I would like to share a quote from Florencesta.com. When produced mindlessly, the use of natural ingredients in cosmetics on a large scale, such as mining of minerals and petroleum-based products, disrupts ecosystems and depletes non-renewable natural resources. And then there's glitter. Mel, if you are listening, don't panic. Listen to the solutions at the end. But yeah, glitter is bad, folks. I mean, I love it, but it's fucking bad. And it could very well end up on a ban list in our future. A ban on glitter. It hurts my soul. But obviously the environment is more important. And cosmetic glitters are a microplastic. I've talked about microplastics before. They are a huge problem. So lots of bad news on the ingredients part when it comes to beauty products. I don't think it will surprise anyone to hear that production has issues as well, putting out air and water pollution as most mass manufacturing does. Once in the water, it can evaporate, become clouds, and fall again as rain, which can then get everywhere. Agricultural soil has been found to have chemicals related to cosmetics in it. Not great. All this so far is just about the makeup itself and its production. But what about the packaging? More than 120 billion units of packaging is produced by cosmetic industries annually, and most of it is not recyclable. And of those items that are recyclable, apparently only half of us actually do. 
One stat I came across was that over 56% of people in Britain do not recycle bathroom products because of inconvenience. Much of the packaging is plastic, plastic, plastic. It's especially bad with liquid products as the container has to be made specially so that the plastic will not be eaten by the product within. As a result, these bottles are often not degradable or recyclable. Check your containers before tossing them, people. Yes, even your shampoo. I know I will be checking to be sure going forward. I have learned that one bottle of my moisturizer will take 1,000 years to decompose. And unfortunately, when it comes to cosmetics, apparently 70% of it ends up in landfills with the products still within them. Now, my main topics are normally related to the environment in some way. But, as with past episodes, I can't just not mention that there are human rights issues as well. Vanilla cocoa and other popular ingredients have been linked to child labor, modern slavery, and illegal mining of protected lands. Something I was not aware of, and is super false advertising as far as I'm concerned, a company can label itself as cruelty-free, meaning not tested on animals. They can do this even if the ingredients in their products are sourced via child labor. What. The. Fuck. So where does little old me come into play to make a difference? What the hell can one person do? One person can't really do anything, but the more individuals who come on board with doing the right thing, the larger the change may eventually be. First things first. Mel, yes, you may see a glitter ban in your lifetime. But I told you it was going to be okay, right? It turns out companies see this coming, and green glitters are already starting to be developed by a few brands. I wish I had an applause button here. Biodegradable glitter, hooray! Moving on from sparkles, as consumers, we all need to demand that the companies we deal with make packaging changes. I understand the brand Lush has packaging free products and I'm going to have to look further into that now. Not that I wear a lot of makeup, but I'd like to do right with what I do buy if I can. As for the packaging this company Lush does have for some items, apparently if you return five empty product containers they will give you a free face mask. I like that. I like that they're at least trying to motivate people to recycle their packaging. This kind of thing seems like a worthy initiative for any company to take on. When we are able to, we need to look for brands with certification to back up their all-natural claims. Know your logos. The green Rainforest Alliance certified one with the frog and the black, green, and blue fair trade logo. These tell the consumer that the product is sustainably sourced. Remember that smaller brands and handmade shops are leading the way today. Buying natural products from smaller company more often means the ingredients are sourced sustainably and the supply chain is shorter. In summary, try your best to do good and be heard. Email the company you buy your products from. Tell your favorite beauty blogger you would like to see more environmentally friendly products or products that take the environment into account with their packaging. If consumer demand reaches a high enough level, the suppliers have to comply if they want the continued business. Enough of us individuals can make a difference. This is my happy moment and I'm here to admit that I am a grown-ass adult who loves Lego. If I was one of those people with a spare room or a basement, I would have so many builds. My issue has always been what to do with it once it's done. Be it something that I came up with in my head or some fancy kit I bought and just really wanted to build. I, I don't want to take it apart and just put it away after. I want to put it somewhere. 
We do not live in a huge space, and there are four of us, so I unfortunately stick to little builds that can be put on a small shelf, like that Big Bang Theory living room set. I would love to build the Disney castle, or the ghost ship from the Pirates of the Caribbean, but where the heck would I put it? And the thought of taking it all apart and putting it back in the box? No. So yeah, my passion is very limited by the space that is available to me. I have been to a Legoland, and it was amazing. And when the Children's Museum here had their Lego exhibit, my kids were small enough for me to take them, and it was so fun. I don't know how much fun they had, but I had so much fun. I recently discovered a Lego artist, and his work is blowing my freaking mind, so I want everyone to see his genius pieces. Sean Kenny was a conservation advocate whose studies were based around cartooning, and I'm sure that this helped a ton with his eventual career. This individual has been a full-time Lego artist for 15 years. His Lego pieces can be seen in zoos, gardens, and museums around the world. As a conservation advocate, his love and admiration for the creatures he replicates is obvious. To get those details, one would have to visually absorb every millimeter of a butterfly or every inch of a lion. His latest work is the Nature Connects project, where he makes a lot of endangered species and hopes his pieces will call attention to some of them. There are more than 150 life-size and much greater-than-life replicas of both plants and animals in this collection, and they are going to be appearing in zoos, botanical gardens, and arboretums across the U.S. These pieces are amazing. They are beautiful. If the Nature Connects project has a display at a place near you, it is worth it to go and see. That wraps up everything I wanted to share with you all today. Thank you for listening, and may your health and sanity be replenished daily in these mad times. Let's all try to put aside the me, myself, and I mentality and move forward with a we ourselves and the community mentality. Humanity could truly thrive if we could just learn to consider the whole over the individual. Thank you to Jason Martin for composing the intro and outro of the show, and thank you to Paul Palmer and Kathy Rayner for their musical contributions on the violin and guitar. I hope you will join me in two weeks for episode 22 of Living Through Extinction. If you enjoyed what you just heard and would like to support the show, doing so will earn you stickers and magnets and help plant trees. Review the tiers on Patreon under Living Through Extinction to learn how. I will be adding other perks a bit at a time and hoping to have masks for higher tiers in the near future. Funds are tight for most these days, so if you do not wish to contribute financially, other ways to support the show are as simple as liking, five-starring, commenting when reviewing, and sharing the show with your friends. I am grateful for any type of support you may be able to offer, financial or otherwise. Also, input is appreciated. As previously stated, I claim no definitive knowledge. So if you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or corrections, please email livingthroughextinction at gmail.com. The social media sites can be found under Living Through Extinction on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Pinterest, and under LTE Pod on Twitter, because Twitter is so fucking annoying. Asking about a hundred homes, the governor of Missouri declared a state of emergency. Very serious situation here in Hawaii. Earlier this evening, the uh, civil defense calling for an evacuation of all low-lying areas because of a tsunami threat. The sky turns black as giant tornadoes touch down. From Nebraska to Texas, apocalyptic scenes as twisters tear through the southern plains.